Hello and welcome to Celtic A to Z podcast and we're back for episode Mick or Mac, our, our second um, episode, well it's actually our third um, episode because we did the pilot as well, uh, but here we are, we're focusing on Mick and Mac players this week. Hi Barry, hi Mark. Hi guys. Hi Jerry, hi Barry. Yeah, good to have you back and yeah, just when you look through the history books of Celtic, just so many M's and to be, to be honest, there's so many Micks and Macs as well. And so many legends of the club in there um, who <laughs> are kind of starting with this letter. So I think uh, I think we've certainly made the right call splitting it in in two. Um, but there's a lot to get through in this one as well. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of guys who are not even going to feature um, in this episode who could easily have you know, a bit on their own. Yeah. Uh, Talking uh, about uh, Ali McNair, Jimmy McMenemy, who, who nothing have entered away aren't going to feature, but are you know, legends of the club. Yeah, you're right. I and mean, even more recently, Captain Steve McManus, I guess, as well. And yeah, so we'll, we'll try and name drop a few throughout it. But we've um, let, let's start right at the top. We've got obviously uh, the greatest ever Celt, I believe, the captain of the Lisbon Lions, Billy McNeil, um, who obviously goes in as an honorary pick. And as we've promised, we will get to our Lisbon Lions episode. So we'll, we'll have a, a, a fairly uh, special bit of that dedicated to McNeil. I'm sure. Um, but beyond that, there are, I think we're agreed, there are three other <laughs> automatic picks to discuss this evening. Um, so we've got, we're going to do each of these in turn. Um, and the one that I'm going to kick us off with is Jimmy McGrory, who is, I guess, the, the, the greatest goal scorer in the history of Celtic and one of the greatest goal scorers in the history of world football, uh, which, you know, I, I'm kind of, Fixated by this man's stats because it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, they're out of this. Achieved. <laughs> if you didn't know that it's true, you would think they're making that up. Yeah, you're right. It's it's like something out I don't know a, a comic book or, or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. Type, isn't it? <laughs> Eight goals before half time. <laughs> he literally just started scoring and kept scoring and. You know, if you look at the, uh, you know, his stats for Celtic, so literally from 1922, he makes his debut and obviously looked fairly young at that point. But he, from about, where are we, 24-25 season, he gets 30 goals. And then he gets at least 30 goals for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And to go into some some of those, in one season he gets 49, then 59, then 62. He's in the 40s <laughs> three times. And then he gets another 51 Real one season. season. <laughs> what happened to the 40 season? <laughs> I, know, I, uh, I think he must have been injured or something. He only played two games that year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and as you said, Mark, yeah, he did. He got eight goals in one game. Uh, against Dunfermline, Celtic won nine 0 He scored eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got man of the match that day as well. <laughs> You'd like to think, um, but yeah. So I want to put a bit of uh, additional stuff around McGrory because, as I mentioned, in, in in world football history, there are 28 guys who have scored more than 500 goals who FIFA recognises having scored more than 500 goals. There's only 28 in what you know 100. And, 50 years of football uh, and Jimmy McGrory is, is one of those and he's actually number 15 on the list and if you look who's ahead of him on the list we're talking it's yeah. it's the A-list guys you know your guys like you say behold Pele, Romario, Ronaldo, Messi, Gerd Muller, Puskas you know this is this is the kind of company he's in. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's so great that you know he plays for Celtic or did play for Celtic you know that he's associated with our club and yeah. amongst these guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I mean, literally, well, Bar um, he did spend a season on loan uh, at Clyde Bank, but he scored 16 goals. Other than those 16 goals for Clyde Bank, every one of his goals is for Celtic. So you're right. I mean, he's it's yeah, 522 goals for Celtic. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good going over a kind of 18 year period. Um, more than a goal a game record as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more than a games. goal a game. I mean, that in itself just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> 501 games, 522 <laughs> goals. Um, there's, a, there's a couple... Of, <laughs> I know, it's just it's fantastic, isn't it? So you just, I'd love to have seen this guy. I'd love to have, you know, been a Celtic fan going to games and you've got McGrory up front 
because you're just obviously you're literally expecting a goal or a hat trick maybe every game or something. <laughs> just he scored I think was it fifty fifty five hat tricks over his career, <laughs> which is just obscene. You know, um, <laughs> it seems just crazy. Um, yeah, so going into like, some of what he did. Firstly, I read a thing his his nickname and. We have, we've had a couple of strange nicknames when it comes to guys for like the twenties and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, his, his so he had a couple of weird nicknames as well. I don't know what, what they were thinking back then. His nickname was the Mermaid, and then it's got him <laughs> right for his heading ability. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've heard that he was one of the greatest headers of the ball ever, but. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I think everybody was I suppose they can't kick, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose, yeah. Uh, there's another one, uh, the Golden Crust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the Human well, I really hope that doesn't... <laughs> nah, we're going to go there. <laughs> no, don't. Please, <laughs> keep it clean. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking with nicknames back then. I think, you know, it was a... <laughs> Strange times, but fair enough. The the sad thing about McGrody is there's, there's very little footage of him exists. Uh, in fact, I think there's a there's 1928 Glasgow Cup final against Queens Park, uh, which is a piece of footage of him and um, John Thompson's in it as well, which is obviously wonderful to have that. Uh, but mm-hmm. of the 500 odd goals he scored, not really any of them's properly been caught on camera, which is a bit of a shame. Um, yeah. there's, there's a great wee story uh, which I did find well it's actually not a great well it's an interesting story from a Celtic point of view and just looking at Celtic board and thinking how times don't change uh, it's actually not a great story but he'd right so this is when when was it now it was at some point in the 1920s he'd scored after he scored 143 goals for us uh, in his first 152 games so it's 1927 I've got it here 1927 uh, Celtic accepted a bid from Arsenal for £10,000, which would have set a world record transfer fee at that point. Celtic accepted it, <laughs> and uh, Willie Maley uh, took him down to London uh, under the guise that they were going to Lourdes uh, to, to pilgrimage to the shrine at Lourdes. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. Going, I, know, I know, this is like, this is so awful. Uh, I know, so um, he was supposed to be going to Lourdes as a guest of Willie Maley. They were going via London. When they got to Euston Station, they met Arsenal manager, a guy called Herbert Chapman, and Arsenal chairman as well. Uh, and they basically told him that, yeah, Celtic have accepted an offer from Arsenal for you. Do you, to, do you want to go and chat with these guys? Uh, and he basically just turned them down, said Abs- absolutely wasn't interested in playing for yeah. Arsenal. He wanted to play for Celtic. He was a Celtic man. That was it. There was just no, like, nothing to consider in his mind. So he just flatly turned them down. Um, yeah. As a result of that, he got his wage slashed by the Celtic board <laughs> from, <laughs> from £9 a week to £8 a week. And you just think, I mean, this is where it's terrible, isn't it? Like <laughs> a guy who's scoring for fun, uh, yeah. it, that that kind of sickened but, me a wee bit. <laughs> I mean, I read, I just, I read a little bit about that story. From what I understand, Arsenal were offering to treble his wage. Like, so if they joined Arsenal, he would have trebled his wage. But he decided, no, I'm a Celtic man, and I want to stay, and I only want to play for Celtic. And as a result, gets his own wage cut at Celtic, <laughs> and ends up earning less than the rest of the team even though he's the guy scoring 50 goals a season yeah um but yeah so that yeah that kind of is a bit of a sour note for as i say obviously not mcgrory but the celtic board and possibly even willie maley in there as well say it quietly but yeah so mm. taking mcgrory out of that incident mcgrory comes out of it as as a hero to to Celtic, to Celtic fans, obviously he's staying, even though he's getting his wage slashed and all the rest of it, still it's going up. I think it's the following season where he gets his sixty-two, you know, which is like the record. And I mean, it's I know Larson got like fifty-three. What was that? Twenty years ago, nearly. Um, it's yeah. six. I think we'll ever see somebody score sixty-two goals in a season. Ah, <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible, but it's highly unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, as I say, just those stats are 
are just wonderful. You know, you, you sit and you look at them all day and they, they're just so hard to take in the amount of goals this guy scored. Um, he's unquestionably a Celtic legend. It's great they played, I guess, in the year he did. It's a shame that, you know, we don't really have a lot to look back on in terms of footage of him. But, um, you know, some of the stories and say those stats will, will live on forevermore, I'm sure. And that's uh, that's Jimmy McGrory. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah. There's a crack old story about Jimmy McGrory as well. Uh, if you ever do this tour of Celtic, a part will tell you that Celtic and Rangers have all never played in one testimonial in their entire history against each other. And that was Jimmy McGrory's testimonial. And he was he was really keen to try and bridge the, the, the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers. So he asked that we had to play Rangers in his testimonial. He yeah. seems like an all decent guy. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, as you say, proper, proper Celtic man. They after after his, his career... His playing career at Celtic, which spanned you know about eighteen years, he goes on to be manager for twenty years as well. And as we've established before, the fifties not the greatest time in Celtic's history, but he is manager for that seven-one cup final, yeah. which probably deserves a mention. Yeah, I mean he probably wasn't suited to be manager given his temperament um, from what I read. But I mean there's still bits of success in um, in the fifties. Um, bit of a shambles in the early sixties, but as we spoke about before about Bob Kelly dominating that team. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really in charge for parts of it. Yeah, and I think, he, I mean, he brought through, obviously, um, well, Bill McNeil, Jimmy Johnson, I guess they were there from, from the early 60s, so they, they would have come yeah. through under him. So, um, But yeah, so even after leaving the managerial role for, um, obviously being succeeded by Jockstein, he, he actually went on, he, he was still employed by Celtic, he became um, public, public relations officer. Um, which he did until 1979. So literally from 1922 till 1979, the guy was employed by Celtic. Uh, so it, proper one club man, you know, that's clearly just wanted to stay there as long as he could in any capacity. So uh, fair play to him. Um, cool. So that, that that's, that's, that's one down. <laughs> um, we yeah. have another couple <laughs> of legends to talk about. Um, I think, Barry, you've got... Uh, yeah, I'll move on, yeah. So I'm... Yeah, I'd like to talk about the man with the most famous beard in Scottish football, <laughs> um, Mr. Danny McGrain, um, yep. proper world-class footballer to play for Celtic. Yeah, McGrain signed in 67 as a schoolboy alongside Kenny DeGleish. Ends up staying at the club for 20 years as a player, plays in 17 seasons. And he's one of these guys who's just, during the course of his whole career, he's, he's involved in so many sort of iconic moments for Celtic. Um, yep. Talking about a guy who you know was part of the original nine in a row squad, um, you know won several championships in the early seventies, but then you know becomes captain in seventy seven, ends up being captain the night that Celtic win the league um, in seventy nine. Ten men win the league, plays yep. in that. He then you know, captains decide to the back to back championship in the early eighties. And then goes on, and he's still the captain in '86 at Love Street. <laughs> um, so, right, yeah. you know, over <laughs> such a long period of time, you know, you look at Danny McGain, you just think, you know, this is a, I was going to say he's a proper Celtic man. He is a proper Celtic man, albeit he didn't actually start as a Celtic supporter. I think famously, you know, he grew yeah. up as a, you know, a diehard Rangers fan as a boy. I believe so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, signing for Celtic, you know, and just bought into the club, you know, and it's, you know, really, really loves the club. Um, He's one of these guys, I mean, I read, you know, Hugh McIlvany, the famous Scottish sports writer, you know, referred to him as a guy basically without equal. You know, there wasn't a better fullback in, in world football. Um, and I think, you know, from McIlvany, that's pretty high praise. Yeah. You've got... I, I, just, I, I, I think you're right. There's a, there a lot of kind of commentators of the time. And, and, I mean, obviously, I didn't see the best of Danny McGrain, only, you know, looking back over... Know, video clips and, and stuff like that, but there does seem to be a consensus that yeah, he was genuinely world class. He could have went to play for pretty much any team in the world at the height yeah. of his career. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at him in the seventies, I mean, he was seen as a sort of marauding fullback, you know, full of pace, getting up and down the wing. Um, and I think that at that particular time, particularly you know, sort of seventy four up until he got um, his sort of bad ankle injury in seventy seven, it was very much you know world-class player who was just you know, redefining the role of being a fullback. After yeah. he came back from his injury, he lost a bit of pace, but he just coped with it and he adapted his game and he, he was still a world-class footballer and ends up, you know, captain in Scotland at the World Cup in 82. 
Interestingly, he's a guy who actually, you know, he got 62 caps for Scotland. And for a while, I don't know if this is still the case, but he had the most amount of caps for a Scottish player playing in Scotland, um, if that's sure, if I remember that right. Yeah, okay. So, like, yeah, so like, like some kind of Gleeson would be above him in terms of caps. He got a lot of his caps while he was yeah. playing in England. Um, and he also, I mean, famously Scotland, well, Celtic players struggled to get caps for, for Scotland. And he was one of the guys who really sort of managed to, you know, break through that and say, you know, you have to pick me because I'm just far too good not to get picked. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, compared to, you know, and he's at the national career, do you know, he played for Scotland five times at the World Cup and never lost a match whilst they played for Scotland. That's at the World Cup. quite incredible, actually, isn't it? I know. Yeah, yeah. World Cup record. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was like the only mean, five games Scotland didn't lose at a World Cup. I mean, you're talking about the three games in 74, but then in 82, um, he got dropped from the middle game, even though he was captain. It's Jock Steen dropped him. Um, and the point Graham Sinis is captain. Yeah. yeah. Is it, um, yeah. But then he, he... No, sorry, he played in the Soviet Union game. That was the third game. Was that a draw? Was um, it right? Yeah, it was a draw. Um, and he'd beaten New Zealand in the other game, but for some reason he got dropped in the middle game. Yeah. Um, when I look, I mean, Mark and I went to a Q and A Celtic Park earlier this year. Darren was doing. Uh, that was great, and he was it actually surprised me because he's actually a really funny guy, and I did not expect it at all. Um, yeah. You know, just you probably get some experience of doing lots of these nights. I that, yeah, I always yeah. think of him as being kind of you know quiet and dour, but he was just a, a laugh a minute the whole time. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I was, I was a little bit starstruck when I seen him. Don't get me wrong, I've seen him at Celtic Park over the years, like, you know, from a distance. But when he actually walks past you, you think, the hell, that's Danny McGain. This guy's a superstar. At least, you know, he is to me. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> believe it. Um, I, so, I mean, I don't know what else seen you say. He's just a guy who's just been involved in so many great Celtic moments. Yeah. And going back to his beard, there's a great story about... Um, I'm trying when it would have been so I guess early to mid 80s Celtic were drawn away to uh, an Albanian team Tirana I think it was um, mm-hmm. and when they arrived in Albania he was basically pulled aside by customs and said nah we, we can't let you in because you've got a beard you know, there's no beard <laughs> in the country <laughs> you need to shave it off and he basically stood and said nah I'm not shaving it off <laughs> I'm Danny McGrain you know like, I'm, 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 I'm not shaving my beard off and it, it caused like a, 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 a diplomatic incident they had to get a, a, a mediary from uh, from UEFA involved because they were actually going to have to forfeit the tie because they were not letting Danny McGrain into the country eventually they relented and let him in and apparently he was mm. treated like a, like a rock star because so this guy walking about <laughs> with a facial beard. hair <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's not a compromise and just said if you have a goatee we'll let you in <laughs> Danny McGain doesn't compromise I mean that slide down like Danny McGain no I mean you read the quotes from his teammates you know like Tommy Burns and Billy McNeil just saying that I think Dylan McNeil said he was a cruel tackler. This is even in training. You know, he just didn't hold back at all. You know, it's just like 100% every single time. And if you can't cope with it, then you shouldn't be playing for Celtic. <laughs> I, I kind of like that attitude. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, uh, listen, Danny McGrain, you're right. Just great stories over the years. And there, there, there did seem to be that, yeah, this guy was world class and he was playing for Celtic. And as you say, he does it, he kind of bridges that, uh, you know, Jock's Dean, nine in a row period to. I guess when we yeah. start being conscious of Celtic, seeing the, you know, I mean, that obviously the great Love Street title and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you're, you're aware of Danny McGrain when you start watching Celtic. So, um, yeah, he kind of bridges that whole period. Yeah, I mean, he leaves the club in 87, well, retires in 87, and there's a bit of a falling out between himself and the club that was reading about. And it's, it's actually, he leaves the club for basically 10 years. It's not until 1997 that he comes back to work for the club. Um, and Probably some youthful, youthful capacity, um, but you know it's good that that was mended because it probably should never have happened. It shouldn't. You know, you're right. Club like that. He's one of the guys. You're right. Who clearly has to go in coaching. You know, first team coach or youth coach or something. Keep him involved with Celtic. He's been there that long. You're right. You got to find a role for him. Surely. Um, yeah. We were very guilty of that in the past. I guess. But, we, we, we oh, I mean, even Jock Steen, that guy who wasn't treated particularly yeah. well, you know. Um, yeah. But thankfully, that seems to have changed now. 
Yeah, good. Then you're right. He's obviously been mm. been in the, in the round the club again. So um, you know, the only weakness in his game, I suppose you could say, though, is he didn't score many goals um, <laughs> for an attacking fullback. I think you know a guy who makes almost 700 appearances for the club in all competitions and doesn't get any double figures for goals is a bit of a, a, a shame. That's but, kind of um, one extreme to the other, isn't it, for Jimmy McGrory? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, Danny McBain, you know, absolute all-time legend of the club. Um, voted into the Celtic best 11 in 2002 as well. So, um, he was, you know, yeah. Qualifies as an ordinary pick. And, and if they hadn't have been, you know, you would still have him in there anyway. Nice one, Barry. Cheers. Uh, and there is, there's another um, honorary pick as well and another member of that team, Mark. Uh, I'll let you. Cheers, cheers, guys. Yep, so the honorary pick that I'm talking about tonight is uh, Paul McStay, the maestro. Yep. And <clears throat> I, I think McStay suffered from having the, the last years of his career in a pretty poor Celtic team. Uh, I, I don't think it was it was fair on him that he spent you know some of the best years of his career Carrying what was a was a was a poor team, so it's kind of career split into two ways. You've got the eighties where he's breaks on the scene as a youngster. You know he's really talented midfielder. And apparently his name nickname was the Hat amongst his teammates on the basis that he could pull anything out the Hat with one of his passes. You know he could just yeah. open up a defence or, or or do something for the team. Be- better than the mermaid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> yeah. Not not quite as inventive or imaginative in the eighties with the nicknames a bit more straightforward. <laughs> I've got another uh, nickname coming up later on. I'll, I'll let you have it. Oh, good. Guess. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Okay, oh, could you yeah. have me have a special on, on nicknames? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Paul, Paul McStay's a guy that is again a Celtic legend. Right? He comes from a, a Celtic family. You know, his, his, his two brothers played for for Celtic. You know, William Raymond. He, you know, he's got an uncle Jimmy was a manager, and another great uncle played for us as well. He's you know, I think he did other family members playing in the early days of the club. So he's a guy mm-hmm. that is. You know, There's a lot. You're right, it's just that the name there's a, mm-hmm. a proper history with McStays and Celtic, you know, right through from from the I, start. So. Died in the world Celtic player and you know, he breaks on the scene as a relatively young player in eighty two and, and enjoys the success. And you think of the double the game Barry there at, at Love Street in eighty six. But I think of that game, you know, it's a wee pass he does, you know, he just kinda of cuts the ball inside and basically mm-hmm. takes out the entire St. Mary midfield, you know, with one pass. and even yeah. I think um, when I watched him in his later years, he was still capable sometimes. He was that, that pass just to split a defence. Yeah, I mean, in his later years, he stopped sort of scoring goals and had to adapt his game a little bit. Um, maybe that's just a bit of a dodgy ankle, which didn't help. But um, I, I think so. Many still see a pass, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I still think him, you know, he still kind of chipped him, you know, a couple of screamers towards the, the end of his career. So, McStay's one of these guys, a bit like McGrory, he was very loyal to the club. And I think that ultimately harmed his career because I think a lot of top clubs, you know, had, had high, highly rated by them. And in 92, it looked as if he was going to leave to the extent he threw his chairs into the jungle, which yeah. we've seen as a, the traditional way of saying bye to the fans. But then, what he could say to yeah, he could easily have left. I mean, I started probably watching football properly during the, the McStay period. And yeah. he, was just really, he was just a really, really classy player. He was, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Peter Grant, you were basically being the guy who would just tackle and, and kick people in midfield. And he had to counterbalance to that, which was McStay. And I, I think yeah. one of my first memories of Paul McStay is the, the penalty miss against Wraith Rovers. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think I, I didn't know you were going to mention that. That's a sore one, yeah. I, 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 I think I only mention it because of all the players to have missed that penalty, it was awful that had to be Paul McStay. But Mike's got a final with playing in 95. He's a great game. We beat Airdrie and we won the Scottish Cup first trophy in six years. Yeah. And he's a captain there. So. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was really fitting for a guy like McStay who'd, who'd given the best years of his career to Celtic in, in, in pretty dire circumstances of the way the club has been run. For him to be... To get, I, I would look back at that, that Scottish Cup final as a kind of rebirth of the club. You know, you had the 94, you know, when McCann came in with the, the other Rebels and basically yeah. saved the club. The 95 was the first trophy of that era. Well, it's the end of that season, fight. isn't it? So it's 94-95 season. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So it's... That's Tommy Burns' first season winning the Scottish Cup. So you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a kind of shame, I guess, how it went for a couple of years after that. But um, mm. I guess ultimately it, it, it would have been so fitting if McStay had maybe held on just that extra year being a part of the 
the, the team that ultimately wins the league. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not sure that would have been a good idea, though. I mean, I think the club needed a yeah. change at that point in 97. I think they needed to sort of, you know, a complete fresh start. You know, a new manager, a new core to players in the team, you know. Um, well, taking, the, taking all emotion out of it and just being very, mm-hmm. just completely objective with it. You're right, foreign coaching. Mm-hmm. Um you do what needs to be done. So, yeah. I, I mean, I get I'm probably sounding a bit harsh there. I mean, Paul McStay, I don't mind saying, was probably my first football hero as a kid. Like Mark was saying there, when you're first starting to get into Celtic, for guys of our age, Paul McStay was the man. You know, he was yep. the player that the team was built around. Um, and, I mean, Rangers at that time had loads of great players and they didn't have great players were signing one to replace one. But as, you know, we were looked to Paul McStay, he had all the weight in his shoulders because he was the only real top-class player who was sticking around at that point. And he was a fabulous footballer, certainly up to, you know, probably, as you say, maybe in 94 or something like that. The last few years, he struggled a bit, I felt, but fabulous footballer, you know, up until that point. Yep. Yeah, and he, and he was that link, I think, as well, to the, the successful period in the 80s, when he was probably the guy in the team, maybe with Bonner, that, you know, had been part of something mm. successful. Other guys in the team mm. had only really known a team that was struggling, you know, wasn't really winning many things. And I also think guys like McStay's very often of course been very humble. I mean, it's not a guy that had, like you know God-given talents and you know showed them on the pitch, but he never seemed big-headed. He always seemed as if it was a privilege to play for the club, yep. which is really admirable because you know we said earlier on he was died in the real Celtic family, but it always felt for him as if it was a privilege to step on that pitch. Um, and I, I remember it would have been ninety-six, ninety-seven season. Um, I was, I was out for lunch with my family in the restaurant on Saturday afternoon. Paul McStay walked in uh, with his family to get lunch. So basically, from a distance, we all stood and kind of gazed at him as he ate his dinner. <laughs> and we didn't want to take up and speak to him. We thought he's with his family. But this was a guy, you know, who was basically a football superstar. You know, he was he'd won a lot of stuff, a great player. You know, he'd been courted. I mean, there was talk about teams in Italy that really liked to look to in the 80s and 90s. They suited their style. Yeah. And he's just sitting there speaking to all those cats for Scotland, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just sitting there Saturday afternoon at a wee restaurant, East Kilbride, eating lunch with his family. I thought, that's incredible. Captain of Celtic is at the table next to us, and he's just a, <laughs> he's a family man. So, he's just a, a, a guy who should be admired for, for the success he's been with the club and the fact he stood by us. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, fair, fair play to Paul McStay. Excellent. So, I mean, yeah, three, three, three proper legends of Celtic there, and, and three people who gave their entire careers to Celtic uh, McStay, McGrain, and McGrory. So, that. That's that's an excellent start. I know that's taken up about half half our episode tonight, but <laughs> um, we're we had to mention those guys. We had to talk about them. Okay, so uh, we move on with our um, our actual A to Z picks now, um, and I think I, I'm going to be taking it away first this week. And I've got I, I'm starting with a member of the current team, and that is Calm McGregor, Cal Mac, uh, who has obviously been a huge part of the success we've had over the last few seasons, um, huge part of the current nine in a row and indeed the last few trebles as well. Let's just kind of take it back to, to the start of McGregor and his, his career with Celtic. He actually started um, coming through the youth team. Uh, we sent him out to Notts County on loan uh, down League One and he does really well, 14 goals for them in, in one season, you know, while he's on loan. Yeah. You know, I it, think they loved him down there, didn't they? They absolutely did, yeah. And yeah, yeah. to be honest, I'd only, I've only very recently looked up some of the the footage of him playing down there and he's got some great goals as, you know, like kind of uh, 20 or 19, 20 year old or something. Um, mm-hmm. When he's playing there and you think, yeah, clearly it's a guy's going to be, he's going to go and be a great player. And sure enough, he does. So um, yeah. I love to see that working, you know, when a, when somebody goes on loan, gets that game time, and just, obviously Ryan Christie, more recently. Was he playing set in the middle or not? Scary? I mean, I've never, I must admit, I've never looked into this, but I'm interested. About... Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I'm not 100% certain exactly no, where he's no. We've seen like, highlights and some of the goals he scored and stuff like that, so I've yeah. not watched any of the games, but yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting thought, I'm not really certain yeah. uh, where he was playing. But yeah, so when he comes back, start of the 2014-15 season, he actually scores on his debut, Um which is against, it was in Europe, one of the early rounds, uh, Reykjavik, I think it is. Uh, yeah, Reykjavik yeah. were playing that season. Um, scores on his debut for midfield. And a few weeks after that Reykjavik game, we had the game against Liga Warsaw, you remember? 
Yes. And Callum McGregor scores the opening goal in that game. It takes a wicked deflection, but it spins into the net. I'm just thinking, I watched that game in an Irish bar in Frankfurt, um, quite near Frankfurt train station. I mean, it was, frankly, not the greatest bar in the world, but it was busy <laughs> enough. But they had the, the only seat I could get was like the smoking area, and it was packed with all these people clearly not watching the Celtic game, you know, like Germans basically. And <laughs> so, um, Cam McGregor scores, and I jump out of my seat to celebrate, and everyone's just looking at me like a total moron. <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then obviously we get pumped four uh, one, yep. uh, <laughs> and they also missed two penalties. <laughs> so it wasn't the greatest night in the world, but uh, it just always stuck with me. Just celebrating that goal. Well, that was the goal that put us through, obviously, because <laughs> ultimately, yeah. Because <laughs> I believe it was three 0 in the home leg. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> it was a comprehensive victory in the home leg. But yeah, so the. No, you're right. I mean, but to be fair, right, so you kind of touched on something there, Barry, obviously scoring goals in Europe, you know, right from the start. And it's, it's a theme I'm going to come back to in a moment, actually, because, you know, as I mentioned, when Rogers takes over, he, he steps up, he becomes one of the, the main players in the team and, and has been for the last four years now. Literally, the guy's playing 50 games a season for us now. Uh, in fact, one year, 2018-19, I think it is, he plays more minutes than anyone else in world football between Celtic and Scotland, which in, on the one hand you're thinking, great, but on the other hand it's like, yeah. well, are we using them too much? You know, we, yeah, do we need to manage them a bit better? Yeah, maybe we should be. Um, yeah, so there, there is that kind of consideration, but, you know, he, he, he's, he's obviously he's, he's playing a hell of a lot of games for us now and he's, he scores, he's, he's, not only does he score a lot, of, a lot of goals, but he scores a lot of great goals and when you start watching them like kind of back-to-back, on YouTube, the goals that this guy scores, he's going to have some view, you know, once he's finished his career, there'll be some DVD there. It's almost like Letissi, you know, he, he just, so many goals for outside the box, great runs for midfield, um, such a great strike of the ball, you know, from right foot or left, picking out the top corner and stuff like this, outside it's... the box, so... I mean, the goal, I mean, like you're saying, that goal in the Scottish Cup final in 2018, I mean, it's... He doesn't blast that, but it's like 20 yeah. yards out and he just makes sure he cushions it into the top corner. It's not a goal you see in, very yeah. often. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the same again, the goal against St. Petersburg as well. It's probably more difficult, but it's a similar that's sort of finish. Incredible yeah. finish, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, I've got to admit, that, that's, that's one of my highlights in terms of goals, like just one of my favourite goals from, from the Rodgers <laughs> era. Um, <laughs> just everything about that goal, the speed of what attack down the wing and stuff. Charlie Masson. Charlie Masson's contribution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know whatever happened to him. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll tell you something else about that goal, which you, you, you may be aware. But that, because obviously we'd, he'd scored against Bayern um, in the group stage of the Champions League that year. Yep, yep. Um, Through the keeper's legs. Right? Yeah, which, I mean, between him and Forrest, you know, it was just a really well-worked goal, beautiful goal. Um, but he also scored in the league, the League Cup and the Scottish Cup that season. He is... Uh, other than Henrik Larsson, the only player to score in all five competitions, or to score in five competitions in one oh. season for Celtic. I did not know that. It's impressive. It is very impressive, isn't it? Good, and, good start, Jerry. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, and the thing is, it's he's, and I think it just kind of speaks volumes that you know he is. He scores at every level, and you can rely on him in the big games. So those games in Europe, uh, you know, Bayern, Zenit, even, you know, earlier on the qualifiers, you know, we're talking about. Um, he loves a goal against Rangers. He does. The, I mean, the, the semi-final, the Scottish Cup, which I know was only 4-0 and I know we, we put five past him a few times, but I think that 4-0 is <laughs> arguably the biggest trouncing. You know, they just, they didn't lay a glove on us that game. Yeah, for 90 um, minutes, they had nothing on us. Yeah. We just pummeled them. Um, which was beautiful. Well, apart from when Nico Lustig hit the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he scores, scores a great goal in that game as well. Um, he's obviously got the, the 5 1 at Ibrooks. He gets a great goal at, uh, at Ibrooks inside the box and just like it's great footwork uh, to wrong foot uh, defender. You know, Puts it through his legs, isn't it? It's tapping there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Beautiful goal. So, you know, scoring in, in, in cup finals, finals in Europe, Champions League group stage, goals against Rangers, you can rely on them, you know, to get those those big goals, those important goals. Um, and, you know, 49 goals for Celtic over well, pretty much five-year 
as a first team player. It's uh, pretty good return for for a midfielder. Two seven four games, forty nine goals. I think there's a lot more to come from the man. I just really yeah. hope he sticks around. I know there's there's kind of talk every season now about somebody wanting to pinch him. But yeah, I mean you you couldn't rule it out, but given that he's on a long term contract, he's like twenty seven now. Twenty seven now, yeah. He looks pretty like pretty set. Just on, just on 27, yeah, so mm-hmm. for this season. Um, so, yeah, you're thinking he's, he's probably just about coming to the peak mm-hmm. of his career, you know, that kind of 28, 29 mm-hmm. is for that kind of position, I would say. And, um, yeah, I think we're, if we can hold on to him, you know, for, for another couple of years and let's see what he does. I, I, I expect him to be there or thereabouts for player of the year over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been that for the last couple of years already, hasn't he? He has, been... yep. Unfortunately, not to win more of them. Well, it's a funny thing. The year that James Forrest took the, the kind of Scottish players and Scottish writers player of the year, Cal McGregor won the Celtic yeah. <laughs> um, player of the year that season. Yeah, and he's so such an intelligent footballer in terms of you know whether he you know plays defensive midfield or whether he plays as the attacking midfielder. Sometimes he can go a bit wider, um, and then he's also played fullback on occasion. You know, managers trust him to do a job, whatever he actually is in the park. Already on his way to becoming a Celtic legend, I think. Um, say two hundred seventy odd games for the club. He's won five league titles, three Scottish cups, four league cups already. Hopefully, there's a lot more to come. Um, and and like I say, scoring scoring goals, but not only you know a good goal scoring record, but just a scorer of great goals as well. Even thinking last season, the one against uh, Livingston as well, just a brilliant finish. And uh, I really enjoyed. Don't forget the goal at Motherwell. The Motherwell one, yeah, absolutely, Barry. Sorry, mm-hmm. yeah. Probably goal of the season for me. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, just a couple of absolute peaches in there. Um, he, he's kind of got that in him. Like I say, I think he's there'll be a... The, the highlights reel of McGregor is is, is really something to behold. Um, somebody's put together a um, a YouTube playlist with all the goals that he's ever scored, so from Notts County and Celtic. And it's just basically all the games back-to-back, back, uh, just all, all the goals from him. Worth a, worth a wee kind of watch through because you see, you just, we've maybe taken it for granted over the last few years just how good this guy is and see the, the, the type of goals he scores and the goals in big games. Um, it'll be a great thing to look back on, I think, in years to come. Damien Duff described him as world class the other day on the radio. Did he, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on that, that Off the Ball podcast. It's banded about a lot, world class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I'm not necessarily saying he's not, maybe not quite yet, mm-hmm. but. Um, maybe he could be, but yeah, I think if yeah. I'm always a wee bit kind of sceptical of the world class tie. No, I think, I, I think you're right. <laughs> Danny McGray and Henrik Larson, these guys are world class. Um, mm. Yeah, Jimmy McGrory. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so well, let's see. You never know. Do you know what? I mean, he's he, he's certainly got potential to be. I think. Um, and let's see. Well, let's see the next next kind of. Well, let's see how he how he does next season or this season rather, um, and where he goes from there. Cool. So that that's that's my shout. That's Callum McGregor. Um, who Mark? We come to yourself next. I'm next. Yeah. Cheers, Jerry. That was, that was a good shout. My player is a, a part of his forties, turning defence into attack, according to his song. Oh uh, yeah. And that, that, that <laughs> I wouldn't sing it. I just uh, <laughs> that that player's uh, Jackie McNamara. It was great seeing actually McNamara back at Parkhead on Sunday for the for the. Aki's game that was it was nice obviously they've been through a tough time recently no it's I'm good to see him yeah. yeah you're right uh, I'm not trying to gain I'm not, not trying to gain sympathy for my vote here or anything guys I'm just saying genuinely it was, it was good to see him still <laughs> recovered so McNamara just a, a brief biography since 95 from their Fairland he's, he's recognised he's been a really up and coming talent in Scottish football because his breakthrough season was after signing 95 96 we were agonisingly close to, to winning the title he's, he's a mainstay in the team 96-97, again, not a great season trophies-wise. And then 97-98, he's part of the team that stops the 10. Yep. And you, you'll remember him that season when he scores absolute peach against Liverpool. That's uh, a belter. Right, yeah. Then, I, when I th- I've got two memories of McNamara for that season. The, the goal against Liverpool and then in the 2-0 game, new, the New Year's Old Firm game, when he does a kind of wee slide pass through to Burley. That's right, yeah. And just cuts the range defence open. And uh, Burley scores from and sets, sets us on yeah. our, our way. So he, he's a brilliant season, 97 You know, he's, he's one of the, the mainstays of that team. And then 98, 99, 99, 2000, it's not a great time, really, for Celtic. And you know, he's still there. <laughs> yeah. And then, bizarrely, under O'Neill, he becomes a bit of a squad player. He doesn't really... 
he gets games here and there. Yeah. And, uh, the treble season, he, he tends to get a couple of games from the from January onwards. He, I think he gets a goal in the game against Stranraer in the Scottish yeah. Cup first leg. and then I think you can split Matt Maris' career under Neil and it's of two sections. You know, so the first part, like you say, he was very much a squad player. And he's coming. He's never really in the first eleven, but he's always in and around it. You know, he's coming off the bench. But mm. it, it probably changes the last couple of years. I mean, always he does does a job, and then whenever he's brought in, you know, he's always it's always reliable and dependable. And then I think oh three oh four is probably the season where he, he probably gets close to becoming a first team regular again. It's a, it's a really successful season for us. You know, we get the double, and then yeah, well, he's not he's not captain at that point. Well, not club captain, but captain on the pitch certainly. I, I think he'd yeah, come I think he won play, he won a couple of player year awards that season as well. I remember him having the armband, Barry. I remember him being captain yeah. in games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a kind of common theme, guys, who at the club, uh, you know, stick around. I mean, it'd be quite easy for him to think, you know, I'm not really getting much game time. You know, I, I, I might I might kind of seek pastures new, but he sticks by and he's part of that successful Neil period, although he's not getting a, a huge amount of game time. But then, see, he's a guy who scores the first goal in the Scottish Cup final, two thousand and one. I mean, that's, I mean, Miravsi started that game and then he came off after about 15 minutes and it's, you know, it's McNamara that he turned to to play, you know, centre mid, you know, not fullback or right mid as he'd done previously in his career. Yeah. He was put in to play attacking midfield in the cup final. And comes on, he comes on and he scores. <laughs> and he scores. <laughs> not, not too bad. And then after that, he plays a couple of games in the, in the, in the Seville, you know, he gets an appearance in the final. He, he, he was, whenever he was called upon, he always came in and did a good job. And then he's that kind of renaissance in 03 or 04. You know, mm-hmm. St. gets the armband. It's a good season, wins Player of the Year awards. And then 04 or 05, I don't really like speaking about season, if I'm entirely honest. I'd rather just have it <laughs> from memory. Um, and it, it's a bit unfortunate that was his last season, but his last appearance for us, he wins the Scottish Cup. Hey, he still wins the Scottish Cup as captain. It's not a bad way. Yeah. To and then he just testimonial the next day against the Hangers Republic Island. And then, again, another unfortunate kind of common theme with some of our players, that there's, there's disputes with the board uh, over over contracts and money. And yeah. he, he leaves the club. And I think, I certainly know Strachan was a big fan of him. And Strachan wanted him to hang around. I, I was um, quite yeah. critical of him at the time. I remember purely because he just had the testimonial. And I think you have the testimonial and then go and sign for Wolves, like, it just seemed a bit, um, that didn't really ground well with me, didn't really sit right. Um, I think, taking, had they not just had the testimony, you could look at it objectively and think, you know, the guy's good is a good, what, nine, ten years or something. Uh, yeah, if, you know, it's coming towards the end of his career, if he wants to, to go, by all means let him go. But yeah, I think it was just that testimonial and then leaving just, yeah. Just, oh, the next day, could have waited a couple of weeks, couldn't they have? Um, yeah. I think I think in his defence, what was suggested was he was he was keen to stay, and I think Celtic dragged their heels slightly. Maybe offered him a contract which he didn't really think was was good value. And by that point, he'd already some had discussions with Wolves, and I think the deal been done. Yeah, it was it wasn't a great great way for it to for ten for him. I think particularly the start of tracking season, you could see where we're missing quality players like McNamara when. You think back to the first league game, four each against model, you know, mm-hmm. you guys like Paul Telfer and things. No harm to Paul Telfer, but I mean, he, he was no jacking that. You are, you are not a fan of Paul Telfer, <laughs> man, are you? Honest. I remember having lots of discussions to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've mellowed this time on, but you just, I mean, it was just that you're, you're missing a guy you're just so used to seeing in the hoops for, for 10 years. And um, mm-hmm. I remember. What about Mo Kamara? <laughs> he came in that scene, didn't he? He was, he was, he always tried. You know, Mokimara, he always tried. <laughs> I've always said that. It's like, for me, that is, for me, that is the minimum requirement of a professional footballer. Is someone who tries. I'm not getting something to pass, Mark. <laughs> he, he turned up. Mokimara, he's got a couple of winners medals in the locker. Um, but I mean, I remember, uh, it was. It's just. I think it was a bit. Of a, it was a bit. Of a, a bit of a shot when McNamara left. Uh, to the extent that some of my our friends at work, we came up with an idea that we could maybe start calling Nakamura Jackie Nakamura, just to kind of ease the pain of him going. I didn't quite work Nakamura. out. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> stick, Mark. No, <laughs> no. no I, think, I mean, I, 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 it didn't get me on me and like two guys in the tea room when I worked at the time. <laughs> 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 never, that was before the age of the podcast and the, uh-huh. the internet. So uh-huh. maybe, okay. 
so that that's really shit. Jackie yeah. McNamara is he's the sort of player whenever I think about my youth, he was a guy who was always in the team. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Always wanted to go forward, always wanted to, to attack and chipped in with a couple of goals here and there. And he did, he did a really good I remember, I remember he did a really good sort of relationship with Donnelly uh, on the pitch. They just yeah, that right early on. Yeah. yeah the, so McNamara, you know, one four titles at Celtic, a couple of Scottish Cups, a couple of League Cups, and he's a, he's a guy that, you know, was a good servant to the club, although he yeah. might end ended in a bit of a cloud, but... Yeah, you know, oh, listen, I've, time, time's kind of forgiven him for it, you're right, it's no, in the grand scheme of things, back, it's not a big deal, he gave a lot now, of years, so... Yeah, and that's it, I mean, he's back now, he means in pun to show up for Celtic, so the, the yeah. wounds have been healed, yeah. and on that basis, you should overcome that, guys, and, and give, yeah. give oh, him yeah, your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do, do you know what, there's like, something else, Mark, which I, I would have pitched in there, is um, one of one of our mates uh, had a, for a long time on his, this is, I guess, when we were teenagers, in, in, his, in his bedroom wall, uh, he had a kind of collage, and one of, in Pride of Place, there's a picture of Jackie McNamara, Hooking Mark Hately, <laughs> an old farm game. <laughs> Brilliant. That, I, I, for that alone, then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that was, a, that was a, a fine moment for the boys. <laughs> I think that must be the highlight, 1997 season, surely. Yeah. Like what we were saying about McGregor, you know, being you know trusted by you know his managers. I think that McNamara shares that. You know, Tommy Burns trusted him as a young player. Wim Janssen played him every opportunity, you know, when he was in charge. And again, with O'Neill, albeit he maybe wasn't in the starting eleven, he was very much an important part of that squad, you know, and, and made contributions throughout. So, I mean, I yeah. think a, a great servant to the club. And of course, another, as you were saying, McStay about the kind of football family, the Celtic family. I believe his dad played for Celtic as well. Yeah, yeah, in the the 70s, 70s, yeah. So yeah, I mean, second generation Celtic players, it's, it's always a nice thing to see. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a good shout, Mark. Cheers for that. Uh, Barry, I think you're going a little further back in time for us. Just a little bit, but not too far. Yep. Just before our era. So I mentioned earlier on that I've got another nickname for you. So oh yeah, I wasn't I wasn't aware of this nickname. So um, I read today that um, Mr. Murdo McLeod was known as the Rhino. Um, I think because mm. the rhino, because um, he's barrel-chested, apparently. He's not an endangered species, is he? Is that why <laughs> Possibly, possibly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so a, my nomination... Because he's horned, no? <laughs> <laughs> Steady. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, my, yeah, so my nomination is Murdo McLeod. Um, maybe not a Celtic legend, but certainly a Celtic great in my eyes. Signed for the club in 1978. Joined from Dumbarton and... We paid a hundred thousand pounds in nineteen seventy eight to Dumbarton for a player, which seems to me rather rather strange. You get that? These that days. must be Dumbarton's. That must be one of their highest ever fees received, surely. Possibly. I mean, <laughs> I that's what, ever how, I mean, that's forty two years ago. Um, I yeah, can't yeah. imagine it's probably still record transfer fee. Yeah, it seems. We odd, know, isn't the, it? Yeah. the only thing I can think of as a comparison, like in recent times, would be Tony Watt signing from Airdrie. I think for a similar sort of money. But it's not something that Celtic tend to do. Yeah, um, could be a typo, but, Barry. Maybe you sure it wasn't ten grand. No, <laughs> no, no it's definitely hundred thousand pounds. Anyway, but yeah, Johnson and Barton during the the seventy eight seventy nine season. Um, and as you know, spoken about millions of times, and even mentioned earlier in the show, that's the famous ten men win the league season. Yeah, um, and indeed, Murdo McLeod, you know, was a huge part of that first season at the club comes in, establishes himself in the team as a guy who scores goals and dominates games. And most famously of all, probably even, even though it's his first season, it's probably the highlight of his career, I would imagine. You know, he's scoring the fourth goal in the 4-2 win against Rangers to win the league. Yeah. You know, last minute of the game, last league game for Celtic, you know, to score, you know, the, the clincher to say we won the league against our biggest rivals. I mean, there can't be a much better feeling than that. Um, no. It's just really a shame there isn't any footage of it because <laughs> oh, um, it's a BBC strike, I think, was at the time. That's the story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. So mm. I mean, it's a shame there's no footage, and I think it was actually voted, you know, the best ever Celtic goal or best ever old firm goal at that um, Celtic night that we went to with the best yeah, ever eleven. That's right, it wasn't. Was there not yeah. some like um, fan shot 
Super 8 film or something. There is. I mean, it's very grainy, but you can yeah. hardly make it out. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. It's one of these things um, that's just kind of getting into legend a bit like the, the Patsy Gallagher goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's from 1979, <laughs> so it shouldn't be, you know. Right. You can kind of forgive it for the 20s, but, you know, in 79, you have to do something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I saw, that's his first season. Then goes on, win the Scottish Cup 1980. He's, he's a big player in that. He's a guy who becomes known for scoring long-distance goals from outside the box yep. and scoring goals in important games. You know, scores against Juventus in the European Cup in 1981 when we beat them. Um, scores in the, the League Cup final against Rangers again in 1982. This is a brilliant goal. Um, you know, corner of the box, crashing in off the underside of the bar. Um, yeah. Celtic yeah. 2-1. He's part of the side that wins the back-to-back championships. And again... I, I similar to what we talking about McGrain earlier on. Um, you know, he's part of the Love Street team, which again in itself makes you a legend in my eyes. Anyone who's part of a yeah, big event like that. You're right, yeah. He goes on, I mean he leaves the club in the nineteen eighty seven. Um and he, he joins Borussia Dortmund, which is a bit unusual for Scottish players, you know, don't often go and sign for, for German clubs, certainly not then. But um he goes there and he makes a big success of that, wins the German Cup and actually gains most of his um, Scotland caps whilst playing for playing for um, Borussia Dortmund gets sort of 20 yeah. caps for Scotland goes to the World Cup in 1990 He's really popular over there I, I, I seem to remember um, I think when it would have been Celtic playing Dortmund or, or playing in Germany anyway and there was Dortmund fans were you know, they were like crowding them and there was I, I don't know who was their manager at the time but there were the, the, there was talk at the time of wanting Murder McLeod as their manager uh, this would have been probably late 90s something like that uh, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, very well thought of over there as well. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that leads you on in terms of you know what he'd done as a coach. So I mean, he had a couple of appointments as manager at smaller Scottish clubs, and then almost kind of out of the blue, becomes assistant manager in '97 to Wim Janssen. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to find how that came about. Um, I presume it's just that the club probably wanted a Scottish guy. And around Janssen, it's kind of weird one, isn't players it? in the market. Yeah, I don't, I'm not aware of any pre-existing relationship between the two. Um, it seems unlikely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but you're right. Is, I think they needed. Yeah, Janssen probably needed someone with, you right, the kind of local knowledge, the, the club knowledge, and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah. and as we know, you know, it's a very successful season. Ultimately, yeah. you know, winning the league and the league cup. Um, and I was reading a few quotes from Henry Larson today, and he was quite disappointed when the cloud left at the end of that season because you know he appreciated you know what he was doing as a coach, um, mm-hmm. and felt that he could have learned more from him had you know what continued to work on him for a longer period of time. But unfortunately, that didn't happen given you know, the relationship between Janssen and Murdo McLeod and Jock Brown. And well, it was touted that McLeod actually wanted the job as manager, but he was never really considered for the position. Mm, Which, okay. in truth, was well, probably the right thing, given that he'd never really done a job of that magnitude before. But it would be interesting to see what had happened there, you know, rather than going for somebody like Vengelis. You know, it'd have been a more natural continuation of you know, what yeah, we had already. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, played to the club for nine years, one shy of a testimonial, but guy was part of a major success. Well, a very successful Celtic tide that probably should have been more successful. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it coincides with Alec Ferguson, Aberdeen, and obviously had that, mm-hmm. their kind of. Um, great era, uh, late seventies, early eighties. So, yeah, yeah. more challenge, I guess, for the for the title yeah, back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to sum up, I mean, he played, you know, almost four hundred times for the club. Scored eighty-one goals. So it's you know a goal after four games as a midfielder. Not bad. Four championships, two Scottish cups, one League Cup, um, and you know, nine nine good years at the club. Pretty much full of success. So, you know, yeah. and then comes back as assistant manager and makes a huge contribution, stopping the ten. So. For all those reasons, I'm nominating him for the AZ. Like it, Barry. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a good one this week, isn't it? It's quite tough, and we've kind of covered pretty much every era since the seventies. You know, we've we've got like the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and twenty tens, and yeah, we're spanning the decades. Yeah, so we've really kind of <laughs> covered it all, which is great. Um, it's kind of difficult to to pick apart these three. Um, well, I guess that's what we're here for, so we'll need to get a try. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'll go first. Um, it is a tough one. I think it's the I think it's the assistant manager at Janssen, which probably means probably makes me lean towards McLeod because I think playing wise are pretty comparable in terms of how many you know how long they were there and yeah, the games played and what they won. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's pretty 
Ichi Pichi. Um, but yeah, that it's a kind of trump card for McLeod there that he was part of that management team that stopped, that stopped the ten. So I'll I'll, I'll pick Murdo McLeod uh, as mine. Um, Barry, do you want to take it away? Yeah, next? I'll go next. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Cal McGregor's a he's on his way to becoming a Celtic legend or possibly a Celtic great, but um, I, I'm, I'm struggling actually here because I've got a lot of time for Jackie McNamara. My instinct is to go for McGregor initially, but go with your instinct, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Jackie was you know part of my youth, you know, he was one of the major players in that team, you know, an important player in stop the 10, but also an important player of the of the comeback under O'Neill, um, the 2000, 2001 season, which we were talking before about, you know, rebirth of the club. For me, I always look at that season more than anything else. Mm. That's For me, that's the season where we really get rid of a inferiority complex, you know, and really came into the dominant team again. And then also, he was captain as well, he's picked up trophies. But then McGregor's picked up trophies and he's assistant captain just now. <laughs> and he scores wonderful goals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do, okay, how, how about this, Barry? How about in the pilot, you suggested McCourt. <laughs> would yeah, would you be picking McCourt over either of these guys? <laughs> oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> no, um, do you know what? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna go with instinct and go with McGregor simply because he scores goals in big games, wins you things, you know, trophies, you know, Scottish Cup final goals, old fun goals, um, and yeah. I do think he's such a great, intelligent footballer. I just love watching the guy. I, I just think he's, he's just first class, McGregor for me. So yeah. I will pick McGregor. Excellent. Okay, so Mark, it's it's coming down to you, I'm afraid, um, and it's a tough choice. So you've got McGregor or McLeod. Is it going to be? Uh, is, it, is a really, it's a really tough choice. I think either of them <clears throat> may have been been Celtic to Z. McLeod, you know, his role as a player was fantastic. But it's my experience. Him, you know, he's been assistant coach for for stopping the ten. I'll be forever grateful for for his role in that. I think McGregor. I think I think we're looking at a Celtic legend in the making, and his his career still got many years ahead of him. So, <clears throat> on that basis, I'm I'm going to go for McGregor. It, it, it was a, it was a tough choice this week, but McGregor just shades it because he he's been so instrumental, you know, in in the success we've had in recent years. It really was a tough choice this week, actually making the selections. I mean, there's some weeks we've done this where it's very obvious who to pick and who to decide yeah. but this week I've, I've really struggled out of you know, all three of them even though I could only pick them two but all three have got a genuine case to be picked no. and there's some that we've left no. out who equally have a genuine case to be picked Well uh, that's that's a, that's a good point Barry uh, when you actually look at some of the ones first oh, sorry cheers Mark for, for giving me McGregor so um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure how that vote was going to go it really wasn't you're mm. right I think um, any of them could have been a, a fair choice so just for that, but yeah, you know, you just look at some of the ones that, that we didn't have time to talk about. Um, from you know, the M's and the mix, Brian McClare, um, you know, right back, Ali McNair, you know, played 20 years for, for Celtic yeah. um, back at the start of the century. Um, Gide as well, we haven't mentioned, <laughs> he's, Magidi, not yeah. he's not everybody's cup of tea, but he was you know, very successful player, part of the success. He was a great team. player, yeah, of course, yeah. He was, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, to watch when he was full flow. You know, I'd, uh, I'd happily talked a lot about Frank McAvenny as well. <laughs> yeah. but I think um, it could be our first honorary wild card. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we a should Mick do that. wild card. <laughs> Given that we're not actually having a proper wild card discussion this week, I think yeah. Maka is the definition of a wild card. So <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Do yeah, so, so there we go. We'll, um, we'll keep it as a family show so I won't um, <laughs> drop my McAvenny anecdotes that I know of. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, I once I I met McAvenny at a charity football game and he is, if anything, the only excuse is a toned down version of him. I know. <laughs> yeah. well, given in this show we've already made references to the Golden Crust and the Horn. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen. The boy was a, a proper Jack lad, and he was he was into everything and anything, um, without wanting to. You know, I don't think we've we stand any chance of getting done for defamation. <laughs> you can pretty much say what you want about McAvenny. <laughs> you know, the story about the treasure hunt is is just legendary, isn't it? The 
Let's 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 not go into that. But yeah, look up the story of the treasure hunt. Look up the cracking film anyway. Yeah, look up the story of he's got a couple of great stories about being down in London for the weekend after playing for Celtic, and he was supposed to be back 9 a.m. for training Monday morning. He used to try and do two nights down at Stringfellows, <laughs> back up the red eye. Uh, stories of him deciding to just you not know, hang about because of. Who he happened to be with on that <laughs> morning, and uh, it was a great story of one week him coming up and meeting the uh, Radio Clyde traffic guy at uh, Glasgow Airport, and actually getting choppered to training because he was going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Celtic fan, <laughs> dropped him on the pitch at Barrowfield. <laughs> Everybody knotting themselves, so you know, just brilliant stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, obviously we did our, our wild cards for them last week. It was probably going to be quite difficult to to do Mick one so I think uh, we'll just we'll just throw McAvenny in there for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so um that that has been great guys. Uh you know, like you say there's a lot to talk about this week so that that, that was really good and that, that kind of brings down M. So between the pilot or M episode and our Mick episode we've had almost three hours on the letter M. So cheers, Barry. Cheers, Mark. That's been great, guys. Cheers, guys. Yep. And thanks, everyone, for, for listening. Feel free to get in touch on, on Facebook or on, on email, celticaz at mail.com. Always love to hear from you. If there's anyone else we've missed, uh, give us a shout. Um, anything you want uh, mentioned or, or pick us up about our choices tonight. Uh, but we'll be back next week for N. Um, pretty much back to normal next week, I think. Um, and there's a, a few good ones in there. So uh, let's see how we get on with that. But... Uh, Cheers, guys, and see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.